Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I am here in the morning, laying against my pillow with my lovely wife, Dr. Alicia. How are you doing today, babe? You know, I'm doing okay, but you wake up much earlier than I do. I do. I do. I'm still trying to wake up. Yeah. Well, they say that men's testosterone levels are really high in the morning. So what are you trying to say? <laughs> well, it makes us, let's say, very ambitious, whatever that means. Oh, boy. Depending mm -hmm. on the day. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Uh, let us know if you can hear us. Can you give us a quick yes in the chat to let us know that we're coming through? Okay. Uh, hello, Lisa Love. I see you. And uh, DJ Universal, uh, he says 50 cents an agent. Interesting. Brian Johnson, good to see you. Uh, uh, let's see. FW Sigma. Uh, good to see Lise. Good morning. Uh, Duran, McLennan Group, Nigel, uh, David Thomas. Let me know what city you're from. Also, um, also if you have a business or something, feel free to shout your business. And I, I want to say good morning to everybody. If you could, please hit that thumbs up button. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, also, if you want to know why we do Pillow Talks, Pillow Talks are um, kind of a fun way to, uh, my wife is a professor of social work. I am a professor of finance, and we like to talk about topics that relate to love and money. Uh, I wrote a book years ago called Financial Lovemaking, which is really interesting in light of all these topics that are kind of happening in the press, uh, where you have some rich guy getting sued because of things that happened in the bedroom. And my wife happens to be a person who's done a lot of work with uh, couples and families as it relates to things like trauma and also uh, domestic violence, which... Um, which is something that is going to come up today. So let's um let's get started today. Okay, so our topic has to do with or the latest version of all the case, things that have been going on is that the rapper Fifty Cent just announced that he wants to make a documentary about Diddy. Uh, I was very surprised by that. I didn't think that uh, I didn't think that Fifty would do something like that. But then again, you can put nothing past Fifty Cent. Uh, apparently 50 Cent says, uh, I think according, and this is real, this is not made up. Um, it was all stated on X, formerly known as Twitter. And, uh, he claims that all the proceeds from the documentary will go to victims of domestic violence. What do you think? Are you surprised by this? I am surprised by this. Like, why is he taking this up as his cause? Hmm. Um, it's interesting. I don't know. He, um, when did he start working on this? Just recently? So, I mean, this is really, this is really something like, I have, I'm, most of us like 50 cents, we're so busy. We have our own personal task in life. We have like all these different goals and aspirations. And from what I'm seeing, 50 cent is very busy. Mm -hmm. So he's stopping what he's doing. Cause in order to take up a cause like this, it means you have to rearrange your schedule. I'm just thinking about the logistics here. Mm, He's got to okay. say, I am going to have some meetings right now where I'm pulling a, an impromptu team together. Yes, we talked about what we're going to do in 2024. Now I'm shifting gears to take up this cause. Mm. Um, yeah, it is a little suspicious. Who said, who called him an agent? Someone called him an agent. Well, earlier. well, what's interesting about it is it'd be one thing if 50 Cent has been a consistent advocate for domestic violence. Yeah. I, I haven't seen evidence of that. Um, I, I think that it's a personal thing with him and Diddy. If you know the history between 50 and Diddy, you know, it's never, it hasn't been good. You know, uh, Diddy hasn't really said a lot about 50 in a negative light, but for whatever reason, 50 Cent has had a real vendetta against Diddy. And I thought it was, I, I think it's one thing if you have a person who's been a consistent advocate for women, uh, you know, consistent, uh, consistently fighting on a certain cause versus somebody who sees this maybe as an opportunity <laughs> To get to, there we go, Durant said the right word, personal, to settle a personal beef that he has with Diddy. Uh, you know, to just say, okay, he's down, I'm gonna kick him while he's down, or whatever. But then again, though, you know, uh, this stuff, the stuff that, you know, some of these crazy stories that are now coming out with Diddy, they're kind of they're bizarre. Well, I mean, if these crazy stories are coming out about Diddy, haven't they always been out about him? Like, why mm. is he taking it up now? Shouldn't he have taken it up back in the 90s or back in the 2000s? Wait, mm. when did 50 Cent become popular? 2004? Early 2000s. Yeah, 04. I say 06. 
that's when you do a documentary. Mm. When he's gathering up, he had this weird experience and gathered up the information then. Many men wish death upon Come me. Come on. Blood in my eyes, dog, and <laughs> I can't see. That is like every black man's anthem. I'm trying to be what I'm destined to be. And it is trying to take my <laughs> life away. I put a hole. Okay. Oh Lord, please stop saying. Every man <laughs> I know loves that album. Not even just that song, but that whole album Fifty Cent put out. Like, yeah, it that was, album was like. Well, it was beautiful and brilliant. You know, like it was like um, and he had the he had the, he had just the best gimmick. His gimmick. See, people understand. Sometimes one little gimmick, one little hook will take your business to the the tenth tenth floor instantly. His whole gimmick was I got shot nine times, and he just repeated it. 10 billion times. Well, like, that wasn't even an original gimmick. Because it was just like, that that's was true. every Rapp- rapper's, rapper's induction. Rappers get shot all the time. <laughs> but, but nine times. you t- got street cred. But, not, but get shot nine times at once. I mean, that's pretty terrible. Yeah. 50 Cent blew up really fast and really big. Like, he had a movie. Yeah. He had that great album. Yeah. Like, he's got a lot of people backing him. Well, he rose kind of like, um, uh, DMX rose like that, too, in my opinion. Like, I feel like DMX was doing movies and music. And DMX, I feel like DMX's rise was even faster than 50 Cent. Let me tell boys, I, you would not watch Belly. You have got to watch that movie, Belly. It is such a beautiful movie. Mm, okay. Oh, my goodness. I will. I Belly. Will. Okay. I tried to, y'all, I tried to get him to watch it. He just wouldn't, he wouldn't open well, up to the movie. I like, I like the white suits in the pictures and i started watching it i just felt it kept falling asleep every time i well, i don't know you have why. to stay with the movie it's just the type of movie i would love i don't know why it's such a great movie okay but anyway anyway okay so anyway do us do me a favor please hit the thumbs up button thumbs up share subscribe uh all right so uh yeah so i agree with you ronald so here's what uh my assessment would be and then eventually we gotta like go into like you know, we got to become like the scientists that we're supposed to be. We can't just be talking about our. We know, are talking about science. What are you talking about? We're talking about. We're we're talking about us and our experiences. So true. Part of that is science. Well, anyway, so here, here is um. <laughs> so so the thing is that <clears throat> that we I I think we've concluded that Fifty Cent's documentary and it, it's a real legit thing. Um, Variety announced that it's really be in production. And 50 Cent has this new production company, so he's probably looking for good content. Um, so I, I can see that being, you know, beneficial and profitable from a financial standpoint. What's interesting to me, though, is that um, 50 Cent should probably consider the fact that this is not just an indictment of Diddy, these lawsuits. It's an indictment of hip-hop overall. And 50 Cent does not have a clean past. You know, he's been accused of things. Uh, There's a crazy domestic violence situation, you know, him allegedly doing some stuff to a woman uh, in 2013. Now, he did uh, eventually, you know, pay his debt to society and things like that. But you don't know what's going to come out of the woodworks. Because the thing about hip-hop that's interesting to me is that I knew this day was going to come, I, I, you know, and I and I think that this is just the beginning. Uh, you know, Jay-Z is another guy who has been really extraordinarily quiet, right, for good reason, because there's a lady, uh, Jaguar, Jaguar Wright, I think that's her name, the singer who is using a lot of names and telling a lot of stories right now. And the thing about hip hop is that it's just a, a messy genre to begin with, just a lot of irresponsible behavior. And uh, Rick Ross, I think Rick Ross even had a song where he rapped about drugging women and having sex with them without them even knowing that they got drugged, which speaks to Diddy, because um, I heard Mark Curry, one of the former bad boy artists, was telling a story about parties that they would have and, uh, and the you know, the liquor would be spiked and there'd be a lot of, you know, um, crazy stuff going on. And a lot, a lot of people in the women would have their mouths open and Diddy would just pop pill, put pills in their mouths. And I saw somebody who said, well, that's atrocious. Like he's a, he's a predator. And I was like, but if they wanted, like, I, I'm trying to ask this question. What's the difference between a person that takes drugs versus a person who was drugged? Like, what, what's the difference? Like if, if I, if I hang out with a drug addict and I'm a drug addict and we both use drugs together, how does that differ from me? being accused of in a, you know in a predatory manner drugging them yeah you seem to be really um 
you seem to be really caught up with the details of hip hop and what's going on. I didn't even realize all of those things were happening. I think I just been never, too busy to tune into all of that. But um, what do you mean? No, you you never noticed the the chaos in hip hop. Yeah, I noticed the chaos, but I didn't notice like the level of detail that you you've been tuned into. Yeah, um, and you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, Fifty Cent. He's got he's also been in the news too because of his son. I remember we did a discussion about that about oh, his yeah. son. Um, you know, having some issues about Father's Day. Was that him about Father's Day? Yeah. Oh, 50 Cent's son. He's had a long story, set of issues with his son, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, so that that could be yet another thing for him to, um, maybe he should be focusing on that, his own family. I don't know. Mm. Um, Yeah. So it is a lot of crazy toxic behavior. But, you know, I think about, um, I think about uh, hip hop to me is like the answer to, white people and their um what is that metal what is that what's that kind of music i don't even know the name of the music heavy metal the heavy metal music not necessarily rock and roll but like the heavy metal genre like i feel like that is the white people's answer that's like our version is hip-hop and rap music and white people's like crazy genre of music where like just anything goes i think is more like um heavy metal so, and I'm thinking about like just as lewd and rude and ruthless as this sort of culture, hip hop culture has been. I think it's also been equally rude um, with. Uh, well, you're so distracting when I talk. Okay. I think it's also equally rude with that sort of punk rock movement. Mm. And so now we're villainizing like the entire genre of hip hop on the anniversary of the 50th, 50th anniversary of hip hop. Well, well, I think it should be clear. There's no goal and it should not be the goal to villainize all the hip hop because hip hop is very diverse, but you kind of have this strand, almost like this, um, this toxic infected strand of hip hop, you know, that came, that really came out of the drug culture, um, uh, the death culture, the, the gang culture, uh, you know, and, and it just yeah. became messy, right? You That's- know, and 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 what came with that though? I mean, I, I feel like it started kind of with NWA, Snoop Dogg. You know, Snoop, we don't love them hoes, right? You're hanging, you know, when you hang out with pimps, pimps are not known for being considerate of women, right? So you had men that wanted to be like pimps; they were emulating pimps, and and that oh, kind yeah. of continued, okay. right? And I feel like so Fifty Cent comes along right after, uh, you know, a few years after Snoop, it blows up, right? He's part of that strand. It's almost like you almost like a lineage, right? You have NWA, Dr. Dre, and then Dr. Dre pushes Snoop out there, and then he also gives birth to the career of Fifty Cent, right? And 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 then you kind of have like these other artists that come after that, right? So I feel like okay, there's just this around this music, there is this culture, and and it's unfortunate because I feel like it's one where women did not feel safe going into that industry. Yeah, I guess women did not feel safe going in in the industry. Um, I, I'm just thinking about it like. Why are we so fascinated with the crazy wild lifestyle of hip hop artists? That's what I'm thinking about. And I think it's so fascinating because it's just like you got these people, they're hyper intelligent. They got all this money and anything goes. It's like they could just do anything. Like if you think about it psychologically, because I guess that's that's how Mm -hmm. I see everything. Right. Every day when we get up and we get up and go to work and we do our jobs and we raise our kids and we do all these nice, we are so mainstream. Like we're, we're walking the line, you know what I mean? And, but then there's this segment that is just like, no rules are followed. Um, the rock star, I'm going to call it the rock star lifestyle, almost like the hip hop lifestyle. It's just like, they can do whatever they want. They have, all, it's like gluttonous. It's almost like, um, there's just an abundance of everything. Women are everywhere. It's just all this pleasure is happening, I guess, you know, to make it kind of fair for a Sunday morning. Like, all this stuff is happening. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Like, I see that kind of lifestyle, and we look at it like, wow, that's kind of awesome to live your life like that every single day. So I think that's our fascination fascination with that sort of thing. I'm thinking about it more in terms of, um, uh, like, rock star lifestyle, where it's just 
you know, it's just wild and crazy. It's all sorts of fun. Everybody has money. You have these nice big old mansion parties. Didn't Puff Daddy had a party? Everyone wear white. And you see pictures from it and everybody's looking fabulous. Everybody's looking like they're having a good time. It just mm-hmm. looked like just a bunch of fun people getting together. But now we're hearing that it wasn't fun for everybody. Um, do me a favor. Please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. You're watching uh, Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. This is my wife, Dr. Alicia Watkins. Uh, Dr. Alicia is a licensed therapist and a full professor of social work. And uh, her website is coachingwithdralicia.com. She's a certified travel specialist. She sees uh, individuals and couples and families and stuff like that. And so my wife and I do the Pillow Talk podcast because we like to talk about topics that relate to love and money. Uh, and uh, I'll explain where that fits into this conversation in a second. If you could, <clears throat> please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, also, uh, don't forget, this podcast is on Spotify. So if you look up Boyce Watkins on Spotify, you can find it there. So um, I think you're right, right? Like hip-hop artists are the ultimate bad boys. Um, you know, and, and there's always been a fascination with the bad boy, right? So that's, that's, that makes sense. Now, I think what's interesting is that, uh, Malcolm X used to say the white man will sell you the liquor bottle and then lock you up for being drunk. And I feel like to some extent you, you mentioned how much fun it is to regular people to imagine a Diddy lifestyle, you know, um, sex with anybody and everybody everywhere all the time. All the things you know, our all, parents told all the, us not to right, do. All the, all the money that you want, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But but I think that there's a dark side to that, right? You know, I know, I know, I know some people in hip-hop, and they don't really... One guy asked about... I said, so what, what about Diddy? Like, what kind of person is he? And he said, he said, I don't really want to go around there because he said, whatever they're doing is very dark. They're doing a lot of dark stuff. Over there. That's what, I remember he said that, and this is a well-known person. If I said his name, everybody would know who I'm talking about. And so the thing about it is that, um, you know, I think that there is a darker side. If you look at, you know, what, like, what, what, you know, when you are just sort of living a gluttonous lifestyle and you have whatever you want, um, that becomes a deal with the devil because eventually it corrupts your soul. Eventually, think about it. You, you buy one Lamborghini. Well, now you need two. Then you get two. Now you need four. You get four. Now you need seven. You know, and that, and then it's you get to a point where somebody could buy you a new four hundred thousand dollar car, and it does nothing for you, you know. Or you you have sex with Will Smith said he has sex with so many women that uh, I could have sworn that he said that in his book that that eventually orgasms made him vomit, right? You know, which is crazy. Deion Sanders talks about how he was at the peak of his career, had all the money, all the fame, all the women, all the parties, but he was suicidal. And that's in the and, and I see that I can see that happening, right? When you know, there's a very dark side to having whatever you want. Like I think that can lead to a lot of depression, because how can you really appreciate? How can you appreciate the good in your life if you, if you if everything's always good all the time? I feel like R. Kelly, same thing. I feel like R. Kelly um, was allowed to just splurge and feed his demons, and his demons became very fat, so he needed to feed them lots and lots of activity to keep them full and and that's what put him in jail okay so <clears throat> so what comes first the depression or getting everything you want i'm not certain like <clears throat> i think that if you have problems when you get more money your problems you know amplify so i'm just wondering you know if you are depressed and you channel your depression into your craft which a lot of people do i think is great but you don't get treatment for that. When you get more money, you just have more of an issue with that. I don't know if you can actually escape who you are. I mean, a lot of people with a lot of money suffer from depression, but they they had those issues before. So I'm not certain what comes first. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not going to say... You think having what you want makes you depressed? I'm not going to say that it makes Possibly. you depressed. I'm going to say that it. When when Tiger Woods first became famous, Kevin Costner told him he was kind of basically giving him advice and saying always be able to appreciate what you have mm-hmm. like never get to the point where you could just walk into a, a two thousand dollar a night hotel room and not be excited about that 
because he said eventually it does kind of get to the point where it's like another day, another dollar, nothing's big, everything is, you know, I have whatever I want. And and it, it kind of, it's like a child. If you have a child that just gets candy whenever he wants and, and does whatever he wants, you know, he's going to kind of become a spoiled child. So, so even the tiniest deviation from having whatever he wants can create like emotional turmoil and everything else. And I, and I kind of, and nobody likes the spoiled kid, you know, he's kind of, he, he, his, his empathy ends up, uh, going out the window, you know, and, and I just kind of feel like with Diddy, I, you know, I think that we all glamorize that, that Diddy R. Kelly le- and I compare him to R. Kelly. Cause I think there's another person that probably could have used some treatment lifestyle. But when I hear about Diddy's sexual preferences, for example, like what normal man, you know, says, I want my, I want to go get a male prostitute, have her sleep with, have him sleep with my girlfriend. And I'm going to sit in the corner and film it. Because that's what I, I need something that extreme for me to feel sexual gratification. That, that sounds like a man who's kind of had whatever he wanted and he's looking for something new. Yeah. And, and you mentioned Tiger Woods, good grief. Like I was watching his documentary on how he grew up. That was a pretty, you know, it was a pretty, I mean, there were some great things that happened um, when he was growing up, but there were also some really bizarre um, accounts of his uh, childhood. It was not at all normal at all. Like he was I'm very not... uncomfortable around um, people. He definitely had some internal issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it just didn't seem as if um, he was able to do some of the things that kids do. I mean, even look at Michael Jackson, his childhood was really unique. And even Michael Jackson reflected on it and said, you know, I never really got to live, uh, you know, I never got to be a child. He was a child in Las Vegas singing in nightclubs in Las Vegas, which at that time was unheard of for mm. children to be there. And um, so, you know, I think that um, children who aren't allowed to developmentally go through things, you know, you need to be loved. You need to feel loved as a child, not spoiled as a child, but loved. And there is a difference between those two. That's and I, true. I think a lot of people get that mixed up. Well, we don't know Diddy's childhood, right? I don't. I know he grew up with his mother in, I guess, Brooklyn, maybe, or maybe if I got the borough wrong, forgive me. Y'all can fix, correct me on that. But um, or maybe it was Queens. I can't remember. But but anyway, so what I'll say though is, I, I look at Tiger and Michael Jackson. You know, as child prodigies, it's a trade-off. I think um, because there's a part of me that that really envied Tiger and Michael to have that Beyonce was like the Beyonce was a child prodigy who was trained. You can't, it's hard to be Beyonce. If you start at the age of 18 or 20, you, you know, a lot of times you got to start when they're nine or, or seven, you know, whatever. And you can see those tragic cases, right? You look at Britney Spears and the challenges she's had, Um, you know, but then you have, you know, people that say, Hey, if I hadn't gone through my unique, upbringing i'd just be average like everybody else michael jackson would be a regular guy working at a factory or in a, in a corporate office dreaming of of being michael jackson you know and yeah, that's that's all possible and guess what even if you know even if that did happen it, you know in in a sense it's okay because look at where michael jackson is now i mean look at all of the issues michael jackson has had in his life yeah. that that came from that unique childhood yeah yeah, I'm, I, my, my theory, I have a theory, you want to hear it? What's your theory? My theory is that anybody who becomes the best in the world at anything is usually going to be a weirdo. They're going to have, they're going to have a consequences. They're, they're gonna, unique they, people, right, for to get, sure. To get, right, to get something valuable, like if you want to get a house that's worth $20 million, you have to pay $20 million worth of money. You have to pay a higher price mm-hmm. to get the higher asset, right? So I think that if you look at Michael Jordan, Every guy walks around saying, I wish I was Michael Jordan. I wish I was, you know, six foot six and had all the women, all the money, all the power, all the fame, won six championships, et cetera. But, you know, most people weren't willing to sacrifice what Michael sacrificed. Michael had to, um, you know, step on a lot of people, do a lot of things that didn't feel good. He had to spend a lot of hours in the gym, make a commitment a lot of people wouldn't make, you know. And, uh, and, and, and you can see it, right? You, you know, you talked about his documentary, his eyes look yellow and he's, he's very he's all, worried he, about him. He's always drinking the liquor, right? In that so, documentary. What right. is he covering up? Like, wh- why would you have to 
drink alcohol during that documentary. I don't know. It just seems like the the price of fame and all that sacrifice. Um, for me, like, what are your children saying about you? You know, what's your wife saying about you? What are the people who are very, very close to you? You know, the people in your family who are extremely close to you, what are they saying about you? That's, that's to me, that's the true sign of success. Yeah. Um, and it's not what all these people you don't even know, whether they walk around and admire you or not. Yeah, I mean, that's that's nice. But um, but you have to balance that out. Well, with with true happiness, like really real happiness, when the holidays come around, you know, do you have somebody you can spend time with who know you and like you and they're your inner circle and things like that? Like we do, you know, we have great people that we spend our family and all of that that we spend time with. And I, I don't take that for granted. But then, you know, some of these people who are stars, to me, it's just they've sacrificed all of that time with their family. And it's times like this where I think that they feel really lonely. Yeah, I think that you're right. Um, as a finance as a finance professor, the way I look at a trade-off like that is in almost really in economic terms. And it's like this. If I go out and I spend two hundred thousand dollars on a car, is that too much to spend on a car? Well, if you ask people who spent that much money on a car, there's gonna be two camps. There's gonna be the people that say, Oh no, it was worth it, worth every penny because I wanted this car so badly that I was willing to pay. I would have paid three hundred thousand for that car. Then there's other people who say, "No, no, I, I, it was a terrible mistake. It was a complete waste of money. Um, in fact, it destroyed me financially. I regret the decision." Right now, now is it so? So that goes back to the fundamental question: Is it right or wrong to spend two hundred thousand dollars on a car? Well. It depends. It depends on the person. It depends on the car. It depends on how much you love automobiles and how much you're willing to sacrifice to have that thing. Right. So the same thing is how much is too much of a price to pay for fame? Well, I would yeah. say that if you're a person who becomes super famous and says, I love it, you know, uh, I, I saw Will Smith talk about how much he loves being Will Smith and mm -hmm. because of the power he has and he can go, I can go around the world and get on an airplane and fly wherever. And, you know, and all that, and uh, and I can change people's lives with the snap of my fingers. I met his brother, his brother Harry. I talked to Will's brother Harry for two hours, two times. We talked for two hours, straight hours. Very smart man. They come from a very smart family. And Harry, you know, when I met Harry, he pulled up in a in a Bentley, you know, like you know, and and I was like, wow, that's a nice Bentley, you know. And he talked about how great it was to sign these fifty, sixty million dollar contracts, you know, with his brother and. And, and so, so it's all, it's really kind of like, you've got those people that pay a huge price to be successful and they're happy that they did it. Mm -hmm. And then you got people that paid a price that was too high, right? You look at the Britney Spears, you look at what happened to poor Lauren Hill. Uh, then you have people that have their downfall as a result of their fame. Like you have uh, R. Kelly could be become Diddy, you know, uh, Diddy's associations. Uh, anybody associated with Diddy, is kind of hustling backward right now, you know. Um, same thing with Rick Ross. I think I think Fifty Cent even put Rick Ross in his little promotional video for the documentary, which again reminds me that it's very personal because he's always had a personal issue with Rick Ross. And Rick Ross, if you recall, he had he did have a lyric where he actually literally put. I don't know why these rappers love just snitching on themselves as if it, it, this this speaks to the fact that they don't believe they're ever going to be held accountable. But in a, in a verse, he literally said that he would. Um, you know, drug a woman or whatever and sleep with her and and she wouldn't even know that it happened. And that and that's mm -hmm. just I mean it's like, oh wow, okay. So so you 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 would rap you're rapping about rape. You're not rapping, you're raping on on record. <laughs> right. And uh and you think that's okay. Okay. Good luck with that. Yeah, I remember um they interviewed fifty cents when his child was really small and he's they said um they said, um, would you, your music, you talk, here you have a, a child now, um, and you have um, this music. Um, would you allow your son to listen to the music that you put out? And he he scrunched up his face, and he looked, he said, no, I wouldn't have my child listen to that. 
Mm. And I just thought it was like, wow. So you don't even care about the fact <laughs> you don't even care about the fact that all this music is being poured into our community and all these other kids are listening to it. Cause how could you not listen to it as a child? You know, if it's, if it's on the radio all the time, right. This was back in the early what, 2000 something and um, early 2000s. And I just remember thinking like, he doesn't even care about our kids. He's just putting all this music out there. He's gonna have his children listen to it, but um, but he doesn't care that our kids are listening to it. Would I you, remember that interview. Which remind, reminds me of how much we appreciate our very good friend D1. Oh gosh, yeah. Who has been doing a wonderful job of challenging hip hop and kind of speaking on these issues. You know, D D people. I don't know if people know this, but D is like he's like a relative for us. Like we went, we went to Boston just to go see him at Harvard and hung out with him. And he's been at the convention several times. You know, the All Black National Convention, and and I just I was so proud of him to see him really taking on, you know, just the toxic energy that exists in that space. And I think it's I think it's just and I think it is time for hip hop to kind of grow up a little bit. Everybody's got to take a stance now. You on one side or the other side? Well, you got to say something. You know, you yeah. can't. You know, you, you can't. Um, you can't keep believing that two plus two is twelve. You mm -hmm. know, and that's what we believe when we when we really think that you can have poison dumped in your community on a regular basis, mm -hmm. poison of the mind. And I'd love for you to speak on that. What 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 yeah. music does to the subconscious mind? You you have all this poison dumped into the minds of your children, and somehow think you're gonna have a healthy community at the end hip-hop has a huge impact on the subconscious mind am i accurate you're you're the expert you're the one who's read all those books about the subconscious i mean what mm -hmm. what's your assessment on that yeah it's the repetition i mean just think about it how do you when think about advertising and you hear this over and over again you know and it's always in the form of a jingle why do you think advertisers spend so much money on jingles because it's catchy and everybody knows a song. Like, you know, you learn so well. Da, 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 da. I'm loving it. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, they understand a Happy Meal. They understand a Happy Meal. <laughs> it's just an old dried up burger and fries, right? I don't want to grow up. Right. Being a Toys R Us kid, right? right. So I'm we all know this. That's what's so great. Having everything into a jingle, we know that's how... That's how we learn. And even the commercial breaks, they say, we're going to take a break from your programming. Get up, grab something to drink, grab something to eat, go to the bathroom, <laughs> mm -hmm. go to the bathroom. And they want you to do that because in the background, they got their commercials running mm. and they don't want you to sit and look at the television. They want you to get up and do a bunch of stuff and then have their messaging in the background. That's how you program your subconscious mind. And they understand that. So when you're hungry, you're going to say, I'm hungry. I need a snack. I need a Kit Kat, <laughs> you know. Give me a break. Yeah, a break. break. Or I need break a Snickers. Piece of, piece of Why do I need a Snickers? Because it's what you crave. Yeah. Oh, you know, wow. people would say that, right? So you don't even know. So next thing you know, you're you're in the store buying a Snickers. You don't even know why. Damn. And that's how powerful it is. How could music not be that way? And I think the difference, I know I talk about rock music, but white people got so many different genres of music. It's like we only have one and it's part of our culture. It's it's like it has like such a deep impact on us. There's no variety in rap music at all. It's like, and you know, the images that we see of black men are so stereotyped. The images that we see of black women are stereotyped. We don't see mm. who who and what we are in its complete totality. Mm. And that's what's damaging. Well, well, everybody, you're watching Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and my wife, Dr. Alicia Watkins, is a licensed therapist and a full professor of social work. And uh, also, um, her website is coachingwithdralicia.com. She sees clients on an individual basis, she sees couples, she sees families. Uh, so if you're interested, feel free to go to coaching with DrAlicia.com. And also, um, I have a book called Financial Lovemaking, which is why I we love to talk about topics that relate to love and money. Um, I wrote this book when I was on the faculty at Syracuse University, and um, it has to do with how money affects relationships, how money affects how we date, how we who we choose to be with, things like that. Uh, so I'm really fascinated by all these conversations online about you know, about, you know, 
money slash love right so i think these things are really interesting uh do me a favor please hit the thumbs up button thumbs up share subscribe okay so speaking of that speaking of money and love a lot of people have made a legitimate argument that um you know that there is that that there that when you talk about somebody like diddy that there are that there were just thousands of women that were willing to do anything just to be next to diddy that they were just so caught up in the fame and the power and the fortune. Yeah, shout out to 5150. Uh, Corey Holcomb is a friend of mine. He, me, Corey, I guess Corey and I kind of beef for a second. But then Wait, what? We squashed the beef. What, What's uh, 5150? It's, 50, it's a show with Corey Holcomb. Corey, yeah, we got to go to his I show. Am, let me tell you something. I... I am. I feel like I am just not tuned in to what's going on with black people right now. I'm so busy. Oh no, no, no I'm no, like no. missing out on everything. No, well, you missed it when when Corey, Corey. I guess Corey got mad at me because he felt. Oh, like I, now that I did not felt, miss. He felt like I had insulted him, and then he um, he 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 did he did the every week he would have a show on Tuesdays, and every Tuesday for like three or four weeks he he did every single show about me. And I was like, wow, this is so crazy. This is cool. That's so, hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then eventually it was like, okay, you know, I don't really, I'm not, I, you know, I know we got, we're used to having 45, 50 year old black men on the internet beefing. I'm not doing that. Like, I, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in trying to make progress. So, so we decided to just like have a public conversation, Corey and I. And, and you we stopped went, talking about you? Yeah, but I didn't care about that part. It was more like, I think that we could set an example of, how black men can disagree and still walk away as friends. And when we got done, I said, you know what? I look forward to seeing your show. Like I, that's, that's the key to the internet. You can't take stuff personally. Like I know that if you get a lot of followers and stuff, eventually people are going to try to build their channels by talking about you and attacking you and challenging you. That's, that's kind of how men are. We just kind of do that, that King of the Hill thing. And um, so when I see it coming, I'm, I'm not real um, offended by it. It's like, okay, I get it. I appreciate it. Thank you for honoring me by feeling that I'm important enough for you to spend your time attacking me. You know, but I, I don't watch the video, so I, I, I don't I, I don't think I've ever seen a video about me. Um, even Kevin Samuels did a whole hour-long episode about me, and I, I still haven't watched it to this day. So anyway, um, but with that said, though, going back to Diddy, what do you think about that? I mean, you know, Diddy, here he is. He's a rich guy. He's got a lot of charisma. Um, a lot of women are attracted to fame, money, and power. I know that a lot of people brought this issue up when, with, with the Cassie thing. They said, well, if he's this predator that was doing these predatory things to you for all these years, why were you for many years taking these happy pictures next to him, super excited to be around him, fighting off other women that wanted to be with him, saying, this is my man. You know, like, why, why, why do all that if, if it's a horrible situation that you don't want to be, um, you know, if you don't want these bad things happening to you, because there are plenty of women that could have been next to Diddy who told him no, but Cassie told him yes. What are your thoughts about that? I've already talked about my thoughts about um, the psychology of being abused in our last pillow talk. But um, what I want to comment on is um, Sean. I'm calling him Sean. Sorry. Um, is Sean's <laughs> dilemma right now. Um, I think that um, he's been pretty silent. Um, the last time we heard from him was when he ended up settling with Cassie for whatever mm. reason. And then he's doing this dance around the house someplace. He was dancing around. And I thought that was bizarre. Like, like he was victorious. He's not having, he needs a reality check. You know, he's got a serious problem and he he really needs to fix it. He has a serious image problem. He has lost control of his own narrative. And um, he's got to sit and decide who and what he is. Now, if he is an actual uh, person where um, he is bullying and abusing people, um, this is where he's going to have to face it. I think that... Um, he, Perhaps, because all of this is alleged, but perhaps he is leaving, having situations and experiences where he's leaving a bad taste in people's mouth. No one's telling him about it because he's Puff Daddy. And he now needs to go back and say, I think he needs to face it and say, what was that? What? Tell me what's going on. You know, he really needs to, number one, Figure out what he's doing. Why is he the common denominator in all these people's stories? And figure out what he's doing to people on an interpersonal level and how he's making, he's leaving them feeling a certain way. 
So he's not very popular. He's not very likable with people who have interactions with him. His business dealings, I think people are starting to to think that some of those aren't fair and that he's taken to did he hang somebody off a side of a um hotel well thing? I mean I these think, rumors think, are crazy. Right, I think these things are like alleged. These are alleged, right? Right. But that's the thing, like you have an experience with somebody and they go around with this particular story, you're gonna have to go back to that person and clear some of this stuff up. And it seems like it's been happening is there's a pattern of this that he's been leaving people with a certain type of experience and he's got to figure out what's happening. Why are all these people walking away from him with these bizarre stories? And is that the type of image he wants of himself? So maybe number one, he needs to change who and what he is and how he's interacting with people, or he needs to clear some of this stuff up and say his side of the story. You know, I I think um, with, with Puffy, I think that what you're saying makes perfect sense if you're dealing with somebody who has an objective, rational perspective of their public image and truly, truly deep down wants to do the right thing on behalf of everyone that he's affected. I don't know if Puffy is necessarily that guy. I kind of feel like with Puffy, um, if you remember, he's kind of the he's he's almost like the the East Coast Suge Knight for the most part. You know him. And I Suge, didn't know that. Well, him and Suge kind of established themselves, I think, as twin pillars back in the 1990s and one pillar went down, you know, it's almost like the, the, the Soviets in the U S you know, like you had East coast, West coast, and you had, you know, puffy or, you know, puffy and, 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 and uh, biggie. And then you had sugar and pop. That was kind of how the media white media typically, uh, you know, positioned it. So I think that with puffy kind of establishing this reputation as being the bad boy, bad boy records, right. Uh, I think that there was an expectation that, like, yeah, I'm 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 the bad boy hip hop. Uh, I'm gonna do what I want, and the world's gonna reward me for that. The world's going to uh, love me, and acknowledge me. You know, similar to Suge Knight. The more Suge Knight, he became Suge Knight became almost like an Al Capone type figure, where the more he would present himself as, you know, this criminal element, the more we became fascinated with it. You know, that's why you had. Uh, uh, Snoop and, and Tupac did that song uh, Ain't Nothing But A Gangster Party and they came in dressed like gangsters in the courtroom, you know, kind of imitating the mafia, Al Capone, John Gotti history of our fascination as a country with gangster element, gangster type people, right? And I think that that contradicts what you're saying in terms of um, him approaching things from a therapeutic like I, like gangsters don't get acknowledged by the world for being nice people i didn't say be nice people i don't think i don't think none of us need to be nice people you don't need nice people get pushed over nice people get Mm -hmm. taken advantage of nice people aren't like that's one thing when i first started dating one thing my brother told me was do not be a nice girl you know what i mean don't be nice Mm -hmm. you know and 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 he didn't tell me to be mean to people, but he was also telling me not to be nice. Like, don't just say yes to everything and yes to anybody. Yeah. I think he was telling me to have some standards and to have some, um, you know, expectations in terms of interaction and a nice girl will just go along with everything. And I think that's what he was saying. He was, you know, helping me out as my brother, but I mean, that's the thing. I, I don't, we're not saying be nice, but you shouldn't be a nice person, but you definitely shouldn't be like, walking around acting like a jerk with everybody. Nobody wants to do business with you. And he is just the egotistical side of him. And all of those things look like there's some, there's some aspects of his personality and character. He's got some character flaws that he is unaware of. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like the unknown unknown. He is now starting to come. His eyes have now been opened to the fact that you can't, you have to think about not just yourself when you're interacting with people, but you also have to think about them. Yeah. And, and also, be considerate. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And also the world has changed, right? Um, you know, 30 years ago, you couldn't get sued for things that happened 30 years ago. You right. know, <clears throat> you know, and it's or, coming up, it's catching people. Yeah. It's now, coming now up. It's ca- kinda, karma is catching people. <laughs> right. Right. And I, and I tend to be a believer in, in accountability and facts and evidence. Right. And so that's, that's what's concerned me about some of the lawsuits is that 
you know, y'all all partying together, some of them, you know, some of y'all, it's, uh, if you can prove that you were forced to be a part of these things that happen, I can understand that, but there are real victims out here that need to be acknowledged. For example, for example, I have, um, you know, been speaking consistently about one of the leaders of the Delta Sigma Theta organization, Robin Simpson, who was, um, she was the head, she was the head social worker at a major hospital in Dallas. And she was murdered by her husband last week, two weeks ago. Uh, he, he, he stabbed her at least between somewhere between 70 and a hundred times. That's just so brutal. He stabbed her like 30, 40 times in the, in the face. Oof. The first stab was in her head in front of her daughter. In front of her daughter, and the police were in the backyard at the time that it happened. They they just because they couldn't breach because they didn't have enough cops on duty. And I've been I've been talking about this. And what's interesting is that when I tell the story of Robin Simpson, you know, which everybody should Google Robin. She's right. It was right in Houston, three, two three weeks ago. Um, it's interesting to me that the that the reaction, the people's reactions, just haven't been what as do you strong. Mean? Like some people, they 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 they. If I tell them about George Floyd or some of the stuff that we're programmed to pay attention to, mm-hmm. they'll get real gushy out over that. But if I tell them about a black woman who was stabbed, you know, 70 to 100 times by her husband in front of her daughter, it's almost like people just don't care. Like, people don't care about, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not what saying, people like, like they can identify with Cassie because Cassie's young and, and cute and they can say, yeah, she deserves her 30 million justice for Cassie. But when I say, let's talk about this black woman who, who you don't know about, who wasn't in a music video, who was just a regular mom at home with her family who got stabbed 70 times by her husband, people don't have the same level of interest right off the bat. You have to, you have to really get them to be interested, you know? And I think that that speaks to, black obsession with celebrity like we put celebrities ahead of the line on issues where i don't know i put robin simpson ahead of the line because she didn't do nothing she wasn't she didn't choose to go party with diddy she wasn't out here in the the wild hip-hop lifestyle she was just a mom who's going to her job as a social worker at lbj hospital you know and and running her delta her, her chapter of delta sigma theta and and that that's i just think that that speaks to a dysfunction in our community in terms of in, in fact how we even view what justice looks like justice to me does not look like cassie getting 30 million dollars i don't give a damn about cassie getting cassie got a rich white husband i think something like that he gonna take good care of her yeah well i, you I know, mean you're, that, you're asking that you're asking that question and of course we all know that you know all of us our lives are important and our lives matter every single individual of us and i think i just want to explain it to you i'm not going to say can i just say the defer the difference between trying to understand behavior versus um agreeing with the behavior so i'm just going to give you an explanation of the behavior because it sounds like you don't understand so this is my explanation about why that's the case you know i i uh, it, it is first of all i think it is just terrible uh, the domestic violence and for him to lose it for the husband to go through whatever he was going through to be able to do that heinous crime to to her um i think that's just that's just really awful but they caught him and thank goodness they caught him and hopefully justice will be done right we can't rewind time and change what's happened um i think the thing with george floyd was that here you have this man, he's in handcuffs, he's in handcuffs, it's public, it's televised, and you see this police officer just kind of suffocating him to death out in public while he's like begging for his life. Like there's something about that injustice that I think that people responded to. Um, So I think that might be a difference. The thing with Puff Daddy and Cassie is that we've known of them for a really long time. I mean, just think about, you know, the 90s, the 2000s, 2010s. I mean, for 30 some odd years, 20 some odd years, um, we've been, we've seen Puff Daddy and Cassie. And his, his, by the way, his name was Diddy. Okay, Diddy, whatever. But um, we've seen Sean and Cassie um, interact. We've on, on some level kind of gotten to know them as a public figure. And that's why I think it's so fascinating because now things are coming out about what was happening with them. So it's almost like subconsciously, of course, 
like, wow, somebody that you've known for a really long time. So it hits harder. You know, you're like, God, Daddy was going around doing all that kind of stuff. Who knew? You know, so it's way more sensational. It's way more fascinating. But I don't think to the public, I don't think the public thinks that this particular wife and mom's life is less significant than um, Puff Daddy's lifestyle or what was happening with George Floyd. So I just want to explain that to you. Not that I well, agree with. Well, anything. I appreciate you explaining it to me. Yeah. Um, thank you. For, That's what yeah. makes it. So thank you for explaining your perspectives. Uh, and by the way, please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. So here's what um, Milton Elliott says: It's all a money grab. Now, I now here's now I'm you know given that my training was in money, I'm gonna tell you where I think money it plays an interesting role in this. Like money's very powerful. Money influences behavior at a significant level. I wrote about this a lot in my book, Financial Lovemaking, because these these things kind of fascinate me. So, so here's the thing. I'd like to do an experiment. Um, and I'd like to ask everybody's input on this. What do y'all think about this? What if they changed the law tomorrow and said, in these cases, you can pursue justice for anything that you can prove occurred um, more, you know, at any point in time, even if it was 50 years ago, you can still get justice, but they changed two, 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 two variables. Um, let's say number one, you have to be able to prove things. You can't just say that something happened. There must be evidence to say that it, it occurred. Um, that's the first condition. The, 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 the second condition is that there will not be any money exchange. You will not get money. Instead, we, we, we're going to go and file charges and put the guy in jail. He's going to go to prison for what he did. And then, and then let's say they change the third variable. That if we find out you're lying, if we find out that you made this up, we're going to give you jail time because you almost put an innocent person in prison where they they were going to get beaten and raped and all these other horrible things. Do you think that there will be as many cases being filed as there are right now? What do y'all think? Do you think that they would be filing as many cases then as there are now? I think money provides a horrible incentive for people to, if I, if I am a person who you, let's say I'm a, think about this. You got to ask this question, right? Where do groupies go when they retire? Like what, what happens to, you know, the old groupie, like when she's, 50 and she can't go to the Diddy parties no more and whatever, you know, and it ain't right. It's gender. It's, it's uh, not gender discrimination. It's, it's age discrimination. Right. But what happens to the old groupie? And, and let's say that you're in your, you're a 55 year old groupie that, um, you know, now you're a grandma and you don't have money to pay the bills because you spent your time learning how to be a groupie. You didn't really like go to college and become a nurse or a computer programmer or anything. And you maybe had a drug habit that you formed because you spent all those years partying in the hip hop scene. So you got to fund your drug habit. And then suddenly somebody says, hey, y'all, they're giving away free money. Anybody that has a story about Diddy or 50 Cent or Jay-Z, even if it goes back 30 years, if you're convincing and you can cry on camera, Gloria Allred can get you packaged into this lawsuit because they're they're delivering, you know, they're they're packaging up women and their stories the same way on wall street the way they package up collateralized mortgage bonds now my, right? My right? Just, wait, 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 hold on let me finish my analogy i, want to jump in, I think this is a great analogy I, I, if you don't mind i'd like to finish it really quickly so so one of the problems that they had if, and people in case people don't know this let me explain this and then i love i want to hear your i'm gonna be quiet baby um one people one thing that people don't know about the the uh the economic collapse of 2007 was it was driven by the mortgage crisis and the reason it was uh, that the crisis occurred is because they were packaging up all these mortgages and they were lying. They were saying that the, all these people had AAA credit, all these people had good jobs, all these people had plenty of money, and they sold these mortgages as a bundle to Wall Street so they could get a quick payday. And it turned out that half of, not half, but a large percentage of these mortgages were just complete BS. They, people would put their dog's name on the mortgage. You'd have a waitress, you know, get buying a seven hundred thousand dollar house, claiming that she makes four hundred thousand a year. You had all kinds of lying in there. Why? Well, because there were no standards. the The entire economy collapsed right before the Obama presidency because they had no standards in the packaging of these assets. 
So, so here's my point. This is what I'm getting at. When you're talking about these big lawsuits and the incentives that lawyers like Gloria Allred have to go make another 20, 30 million on a class action or whatever, you know, they, what just all you gotta do is package up women. You get find 30 women who have sex with Bill Cosby, get them all to say something. The next thing you know, you've got a $200 million lawsuit. I think that there is um, a problem in that the packaging has no standards. They're throwing anything and anybody. Did you, you, had, you slept with Cosby? Okay, what's your story? Yeah, yeah, he did it to me too. That well, There's no proof, there's no nothing. But we, oh, we'll throw him in there too. Because one more allegation will just strengthen our case, even if the allegation isn't accurate. And I think personally that that's a problem. So I really think. Is that what was happening though? Is that what um, was happening where people just coming? It sounds like that was what was happening. So yeah. people were just coming up and just coming out of nowhere saying, I had this experience with him and just talking about their experience. They had no pictures. They had no text messages. Mm. Were there even text messages back then? <laughs> they have no um, my face evidence, <laughs> my, my, my space. Yeah. They had no, they had nothing, just their story. They had no pictures. They had no police reports. They had nothing. So well, Cassie had nothing. Well, Cassie didn't no, have no, 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 no. I'm not going to say Cassie had nothing. I'm going to say Cassie, um, if this were, if he had nothing, he wouldn't have settled. Like I don't know. I right. Don't know. I think I think that there's probably some stuff there with Cassie in the sense that there was enough to sway the court of public opinion that it was a definitely a bad relationship that she chose to be with a very terrible man. And I don't. But I think at the same time, people had the right to ask why did you keep staying with him and why were you trying to take all these happy pictures? And, and I think people are done hearing this whole, like, well, I was scared to leave kind of, kind of narrative. Uh, even though why are the, people scared, you just talked about your friend who was, or someone, a friend of a friend who just was attacked by his, by her um, husband yeah. and killed. She was leaving the relationship. So how can you say, why is this person scared to leave? Because there's a legitimate reason why this, somebody would be scared to leave an abusive situation because they're afraid well, that's about the, somebody attacking them. So I think what we want is accuracy, right? Yeah. We want right. we want people to come forward and press charges <laughs> against individuals. You have to have proof. You have to have some evidence. I would hope, and it doesn't seem like this is what's happening, but ideally I would hope that lawyers would sit down with potential clients and say, I'm not going to take on this case until you give me, show me some evidence that this happened. I'm certain this has happened to you. And I'm very sorry about that. But legally, I can't do anything as your lawyer if I don't have evidence. Well, the question, I'm not going to take this. Like well, that's. Well, I think the question is, what's the penalty Yeah. if somebody files the suit and it turns out that it wasn't true? And I think you're right with with Cassie. You, you know, she she did have some video, and and Seal is making a good point. Uh, video, phone records, witnesses, things like that. You have to have um, all of those. But things. But I think there should be cross examination on both sides. Well, there and, and it should would be, be right. It should be called victim blaming. I well, I don't know. I don't know if there's. I mean, they. You know, the thing is that the 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 way the game is played is you don't even want it. To, you know, the other person doesn't even want it to go to trial because you know that. Uh, it's going to lead to everybody's dirty laundry being thrown out there. And one person has more to lose than the other person. So the game is that you sue them and then you give them a chance to settle before it goes to court. So really nothing gets proven. It's really a, it's a poker move. Like in poker, that's what you do. You 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 make the stakes so high. I'm a good poker player. Um, I've won big tournaments with hundreds of people. What you do in some situations is if is, is if you know somebody's got something to lose, you make the stakes so high that they'll fold their cards before you even find out who's got the better hand. Right. So ultimately, what I would say is that um, I think Cassie had a case. I, I'd just be curious to know what would happen if you really gave them real justice that didn't involve money. Why? Why does money have to equate to justice? Why? Why can't justice be getting him sent to jail if he really did terrible things? To I you? think that's the difference between like a criminal case versus right. a civil case. Right. So are you saying we should never have civil cases like civil cases need to be thrown out? We should only um, have criminal cases. I, I, I'm not certain we need to lock everybody up. I think when you I, tie, I think when you tie capitalist incentives into anything, it has the potential to corrupt what you're trying to do. I say this as a finance PhD, not as a regular person. Okay. Uh, as, as a finance PhD, I can tell you. So, what should be the alternative? You think criminal should be the? Alternative? I think the alternative may, or maybe, maybe it should be forcing him to make a public apology, or maybe um, having him somehow 
go through therapy to so he doesn't victimize other people. Like, I don't see where it always has to come back to money because mm-hmm. money creates the wrong incentives. Money makes people. But that's yeah, in the it, criminal. So I just want to let you know, just in criminal cases, um, they do put them into partner abuse intervention programs, the PAPE programs. So they will put them into the PAPE program. They will put them into anger management program when they in their criminal court system. Because mm-hmm. right? it's like if you don't go to these programs and complete these programs, which are expensive. Mm-hmm. So they do kind of get regular people in the pocket. But they say, no, you have to invest in these programs because um, they're not free. I don't think they should be free, honestly. I think that individuals, not men and women who are participating in these abusive behaviors, instead of going to court, instead of going to jail, they do need to go into those um, 26-week um, intervention programs. I was an evaluator of one of those programs. I still am, actually, an evaluator of a partner intervention abuse program. And um, um, so, yeah, I do think that that's what should happen to them. They should go into those programs. They should pay for them. And then, you know, that's sort of like what they do instead of going to jail. So, you know, well, but that's criminal. Well, either way, you know, I either way, I, I, I will say I think that bringing the money into the equation <clears throat> only confuses things. It doesn't mean you don't have a legitimate claim. It just means that um, I, I know that there's nothing I as a black man could sue somebody over that allegedly occurred 30 years ago where I don't have much proof. And get that kind of a payday. It's not not an ex. I can't sue an ex girlfriend and say, "You you tormented me emotionally. You mistreated me. You you were very bad to me. You you cheated on me. You um you hurt my feelings really bad or whatever." Like I and I've been traumatized ever since. Like I can't do that. And I think that this does kind of skate a line where, at the very least, you have to be precise about how you do it. You can't just have kind of this free for all. Because Fifty Cent, as much as he's gloating in Diddy's demise. He's next. I, I guarantee. I'm gonna say you right now. You think he's gonna go I, down? I, I guarantee. Well, not go down, but I think he's gonna get. He's probably if he's not getting sued already, I think he will get sued at some point. Because remember, a lot of these rappers have a long trail of women with stories, hundreds of women. You know, think about this. You got hundreds of people, and a lot of whom need money, who don't, no lawyers. <clears throat> you know who, um, who who could easily just file a lawsuit? It's okay. like, okay, well, what have I got to lose? I might as well yeah. go ahead and, and 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 threaten to destroy your reputation because you're going to lose twenty million. You're going to lose five million dollar deals. You you like Diddy? You you're, you're going to lose endorsement deals. You're going to lose all the stuff. So why not pay me five million to mm-hmm. make it all go away? And that's what is going on with um the Michigan State football coach, uh, Melvin Mel Tucker. Uh, people should look up Mel Tucker's case because Mel Tucker, there's a lot of evidence that's been released that this lady that accused him of, of, of I think she accused him of touching himself when they were on the phone. And, and that's a, really bizarre. Right, right, right. And and the lady had all these messages where she was like, "Oh, he's got plenty of money. I mean, I need I need money. I have five. Have you been on top of this case? Do you know what's happening? What's yes, coming I, on? Like, is it still? Are I, they still in support I, of this lady after all this stuff that's coming well, out about her? Michigan State's being sued. Mel Tucker's suing Michigan State. Oh, good. I don't know the exact status of the case at this particular moment, but I have been reading about it. This and is a victory, right? This is a victory for kind, justice. Not really, because he he had a ninety million dollar contract and they fired him. Now he's got to spend years trying to clear his name. His name will never be clear. Yeah, but he's suing Michigan <coughs> State. I mean, yeah. like it's unfortunate right. that this happens, but, but he's going to spend a million dollars in legal fees to go get to go get his opportunity back. And I think that that and the thing here's the thing that people got to understand: the perspective of a black man is it's very traumatic just like it'd be like just imagine a woman watching other women get beaten and raped like over and over now this is now now this is different from a a physical rape but you're watching men get financially raped for you know for you know being involved in situations that can be described as ambiguous and if, if not if not sometimes just a figment of someone's imagination like i don't believe mel tucker did anything wrong he did even if even if he he even if he touched himself while they were on the phone he didn't physically touch this woman he touched himself while he's on the phone at his house he's like is that really worth 10 million dollars was it a video chat it wasn't a video chat it was a just the audio i think they were on the phone like a regular telephone call and the and 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 this lady all these text messages that she was trying to keep from getting released 
they found those text messages from her dead, her dying assistant. Her assistant died, and the lady was trying to get the messages off of her assistant's phone, but they were able to go back and get them. And they found her basically talking about how much money he had and how he could help her. And they, because they had a good relationship at first, where she would go to him for money or whatever. And then I guess he didn't give her what she wanted. So she's like, okay, I can, I'm going to accuse him. And she's like, oh, but he's, he'd be stupid not to settle because look at how much he's going to lose. It's, a, I mean, it's a simple play. It's, again, you're talking to a poker player and a mathematician, right? And, or, and, you know, and I'd probably be good at chess. It's a chess move. Right. And, and I personally think that they should, if, they, if they're going to do this right, have some standards. That's it. That's all I've ever asked. It's like, what's the standard? So people say, oh, he did this to her. I'm like, okay, well, show me. Because obviously I'm, I'm an advocate against things like violence against women, domestic violence and all that. And I think that the real cases get ignored because you have people that realize that they can move to the front of the line. You know, I want to be able to sue for racism. Can somebody come in on it with me? Yeah. Let's, let's... do a clash accent lawsuit because I could go through my whole life. Oh my gosh. And talk about how I've been like discriminated against. There's so, there are laws against it, but it's never it's never exercised. As Medea says, hallelujah. Let's exercise our right to sue white people. You're damn right. Especially these white women that cause havoc. I'm traumatized. <laughs> I can't. I don't. Anyway, it's a traumatic experience. Does anybody want to join our class action lawsuit? Let's do one. Let's put one together. Yes. I can really build a a claim. Oh my gosh! Think about how many black people have to get therapy and get, are so every time you get talked down to like you stupid by a black by a white woman. Let's all get together. The Karens. Let's go after all the Karens in our life. The Black America versus Karen. Yeah, I think we would have, there'd be so many people. It would be all of us. We all could just come in and point to Karen. And I bet a lot of us could point to the same person. Or maybe it could just be Black women against Karen, right? But And it could be called BWAC. We got to brand it. B-W-A-K, Black women against Karen. I want a I want a civil case because I want them to, <laughs> I want them to pull out money out of their purse yeah. and, and pay me for Write my me mental... My mental stress anguish. and anguish. Mm -hmm. Put upon me. Oh my God, that is such a great yes, idea. You are. <laughs> y'all don't know. I, you know what? It, the pillow talks are not recorded. But if y'all can just see voice right now, it's hilarious. Wait, well, you're you, just so funny to me. Well, you're 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 crazy with the blankets. You always. But half the blanket is on the floor over on your side. Don't stop being a hater. <laughs> like I'm a. <laughs> that's mental distress, boys. I have no cover. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as y'all can see, it's time for us to go like, ahead and call, call it a day because we're we just getting silly right now. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, before we head out, could y'all do us a favor? Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. Also, by the way, uh, I will be doing um, a profit alert very, very soon where I share stocks that I'm that I'm buying uh, for the family. So if you are interested in learning what stocks that I, I am buying, uh, feel free to text the word stock to 31996. <laughs> text stock to 31996 and I'll send you guys a profit alert. Also, Dr. Alicia uh, is a licensed therapist, a full professor of social work and a certified trauma specialist. Uh, she's also... Uh, she also helped us to create the first ever black financial therapy department in the black business school. So if you'd like to learn more about what Dr. Alicia does or talk to her directly, just go to coachingwithdralicia.com and you can fill out the intake form. And uh, And I'm going to tell you, I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think undiagnosed, untreated trauma in our community is our greatest challenge, particularly when it comes to wealth and, and family and all these other things. And, and whether you know it or not, family and wealth are directly connected because broken families uh, tend to lead to the greatest wealth drain in the black community. So uh, fix your trauma. You know, we got we got to elevate. We got to make ourselves better. We got to heal uh, because, uh, you know, I get tired of reading about black trauma everywhere in in the media because I, I, I don't think that's right. I think our kids deserve better than that. So have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is on Spotify. Hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door and uh, we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye, everybody.